Hey guys, this is Hunter Levine, and thank you for listening to The Captain's Collective. In this episode, we sit down with Jonathan Stump Hamilton and discuss his views on how to identify patterns within fisheries, how he's worked to build his business, reputation, and the importance of giving 110%. Stump is a seventh-generation Florida native and guides out of Homosassa, Florida for redfish, snook, trout, tarpon, and maybe one day billfish. There's lots of great information in this podcast. We hope that you enjoy this is the Captain's Collective. Success is a gift. Excellence is the only thing to strive for. Uh, he, 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 right. tried he tried to eat it. He tried to eat it. Hit him, hit him, hit him, hit him. He got him. He's on. Got uh, two butt caps off the rods, filled them with tequila. We took a shot and out we went. There, there ain't no getting into it after that. It's, you're, you're hooked. It's a bad habit. And all the time, flips the, and he's standing there ready to go for a tarpon. And he turned around, he said, you talk so much, you're like a senator. Hey, Stunt, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me, man. Do you mind just telling us a little bit about how you got into fishing and how you eventually got into guiding as well? Yeah, so I actually come from an agriculture family. Um, Dad's a vegetable farmer, and um, my family's in ag. We have a working cattle ranch and um, pretty diverse, but um, agriculture is our main business, and that's what I grew up around. However, we fished. You know, that was as a, as a little kid for, for fun and, and to get away from things. I mean, we, we fished and we fished here out of Homosassa. So, um, we grew up loving fishing as well as hunting, but fishing was probably my, um, my true passion as far as a kid. And when it came to hunting and fishing and, um, all of our summers were spent here in Homosassa and, um, weekends and, you know, so I, I just, I loved it, you know, and, um, Growing up in that atmosphere, you know, we were always doing, you know, different things, whether it was, you know, growing bell pepper to watermelons to working cows and building fence. Um, pretty diverse, you know, we, you're, you're doing different things every day and, and learning different trades. And um, in high school, you know, I'm thinking, what am I going to do? You know, what it, we're almost at the end. And at the time, I was working for my family. Um, and also had my own fencing company. I was building fence. I had my own business when I was a sophomore in high school. And um, my OJT teacher was teaching me how to do taxes and, and write-offs when I was, you know, 16 years old, getting out of school at 11 o'clock. And um, so I, I've always been a hustler and a worker, you know, um, not not scared to, to get after it and, and, um, and, and truly push myself to, to be good at everything that I did. But thinking, what am I going to do? You know? And, um, I thought, man, maybe what about being a fireman? You know, that's pretty cool. You know, everyone in my family has pretty much went to college, but I could have went to college, but I didn't want to go to college. I wanted to get straight to work. You know, I was already making decent money in high school. I'm thinking, no, I want to, I want to, I want to get after it, you know? And, uh, my buddy's dad was a fireman and, um, I actually went down with him a couple times and went to their fire station. I'm like, well, this is pretty cool you know, shit, what are you doing? You know, you, you work one day on, you're off two days. And, you know, this guy had a lawn care business and, you know, meet these guys that are contractors. And I'm thinking, well, heck, I can, 
I can kind of do a little bit of both. And so, this is right after high school? So this was in high school, my okay. senior year of high school. I'm thinking, man, I'm, I think I'm going to do that. So I went to my grandpa one day. I'm like, hey, Papa. And my, he was he was truly my mentor in life. It just, he just, he was an amazing man. And and I and I, I said, hey, what do you think about me being a fireman? And he's like, I think that'd be a great idea for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he goes, go, you need to go get a job that's actually going to be a paycheck every two weeks. Yeah. And um, so I went and I went immediately after high school went to the fire academy and and um applied for every fire department that i could in my local area and the city of tampa was really where i wanted to work um good benefits great pension but busy you know a young guy that was kind of a go-getter and full of piss and vinegar and wanted a little bit of adrenaline i'm thinking i gotta go work for the city of tampa you know Mm -hmm. i want to if i'm gonna do this job i want to i want to go fight fires and and do it you know and uh, I got lucky, um, got hired with them, um, and that was in well, it was 14 years ago. But um, I got hired there and um, got that job, and I was still helping my dad. And, you know, on my days off, I, w- I was working for them. And um, the fire department one day is like, hey, you know, we, need, we have a Marine – they have a Marine division, mm-hmm. and we need captains. Well – if I had a day off, I was on my boat fishing. You know, if I wasn't helping my dad or helping yeah. with that, I, I was on the water. Were you and fishing homosassa? Yeah. Oh, yeah, right here. Yeah, yeah right here. Um, I bought a 1964 Airstream and restored it, and I used to keep it right here. And I, I basically lived here um, out of an Airstream yeah. and would drive back and forth if I wasn't working. Like, when I say working, working for, you know, the family. Yeah. Um, I would go to and from, you know, the fire department. I fished all the time. There's a nut about it. No never thought about guiding at all and um the fire department sent out and they said a memo they needed you know guys to get their captain's license and i'm like well my mentality then was you don't turn down any certification if anybody's going to offer anything to you get it so i went and got my captain's license and um i'm thinking well i got this what am i going to do with it you know well we had some clients come into town business on the family side and um they're like hey we want to go fishing. You know, here I'm showing all these pictures of these red yeah, fish yeah. and everything, and they're like, I'm like, and yeah, you have come the, on, And let's the go. captain's license for being a firefighter, same thing. Oh, yeah, no, it's it's a Coast Guard license. I mean, it's yeah. not a guide's license. We're talking Coast Guard license. I got you. And, um, you know, they, um, so I'm like, yeah, we can go fishing, you know, so I started taking them fishing, and I, well, I took just a couple guys fishing, and um, sitting there at home one day, I'm talking to my, my girlfriend, which is now my wife, Anita, and I'm like, you know, I think I could do this guide thing. She's like, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I just, you know, I love it. I love fishing anyways. Was that, was that her full reaction right Absolutely. there? Absolutely. Yeah. She's like, you know, she's known me now for a little while and knows that I'm crazy about mm-hmm. anything that I do. I do 110% and I'm, I'm just a fanatic about it. So she's like, okay, you know, like, here we go. <laughs> so <laughs> next thing you know, I'm, I'm full blown, you know? And, um, into it you know it takes a little while i mean the guide business isn't something that you just you just start and become busy at i mean there are guys that overexpose themselves and 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 fall to the waysides quick but the guide business is different than i think than than most other businesses i mean you can you can market and you can um you can have money to market and build websites and you can go put in um ads and you know wherever you want to go and you can you can you might be able to get busy for a year maybe two but you'll die down if you're not legit. So 
I was a little organic about it. You know, I didn't, you know, you, you tread lightly, you know, I was just somebody that loved to fish and was trying to, to build a business on the side of it, you know? Um, so I pushed at it for, you know, a couple years and, um, um, here out of McCray's here in Homosassa, which is a tough, tough place to, to start in and mm -hmm. start in, you know, not being coming from some of the families that are well-known families that have been guiding down here for six or seven generations and not having that right last name. Um, this is a hard place to just walk into. And, um, but I tread lightly and, you know, being respectful and, you know, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm a seventh generation, you know, Florida, um, raises myself, you know, as well. And we're just on the, the cattle side and, yeah. <laughs> and then we are the fishing side, but, um, uh, been here, you know, since the beginning, but, um, it does, it still doesn't matter here in Homosassa, but Captain William Tony, which is a really, really good friend of mine and has helped me out a lot. Um, one day at the docks, like, Hey man, I've been seeing you around a lot and, you know, you seem like a legit dude and you're respectful and whatnot. Have you ever thought about being a member of the guide association? And I'm thinking, man, that's like, that's the elite here in Homosassa. And, you know, um, for people that don't know, the Homosassa guide association is the second oldest guide association in the state of Florida. And, um, just a really tight, unique brotherhood of guys that work together. And it's, it's real unique amongst, you know, amongst other guides in the whole entire state. I mean, and from what I hear, you don't, you don't find guides that work with each other like, you know, we do. And, um, being here in Homosassa, that's the guide association is the elite of the elite. And, um, I said, man, William, I, you know, humbled that you'd ask me that. And I appreciate that. But, um, I'm not, you know, I'm not a true, true blue local here. He's like, buddy, you're, you're local enough, you know? And so anyways, went to, um, one of the meetings and introduced myself and kind of went through everything and, and, and got voted in. And, and that was a big, big, big step in my career. Um, uh, um, as a guide, you know, it's, yeah. it's helped me along the way and, um, it's big here, you know, you know, maybe not in other places, but there's a lot to hang your hat on. If you can say you're a member of the Homosassa Guide Association. Absolutely. And so you've been doing well the past few years and you have, you definitely have a humility about you and you're well known from some of the guys I know around here for having good work ethic. Is that something that you felt like you picked up from working the farm? Absolutely. 100%. You know, I've, it's, um, my dad is probably one of the hardest workers I've ever seen in my life. And he instilled that in me and my brother. Um, you know, we didn't, most weekends, you know, if it was, um, planting season or harvesting season or, you know, it didn't matter what it was. I mean, we always worked before we play, we got to fish when everything was done, you know, and, and he, and he drove, he drove that into us, but a true leader will get in a hole and dig with you and not just tell you to dig that hole. And my dad was always like that. You know, if, if, if we were digging a hole, he was in the hole with a shovel too. And, and absolutely 100%. That's my work ethic. And it comes from that, you know, and just being raised that way. And I'm, I'm hoping I've got a seven year old little boy and, and I'm, I'm hoping that I can teach him that, that same way. Did my dad miss a lot of my baseball games growing up as a kid? Absolutely. You know, he wasn't there for a lot, but, you know, at the time as a young kid, it, you know, it sucks. But I also look at it as, hey, work had to be done, you know. And in that business, you don't pick your days, you know. You take, you know, you, you've you got to deal with the, you know, the time and the days that you do. I always, always make fun because um, 
you know, with my fire department, with my fire department gig, um, I'm able to, to be off a lot of days. Um, tarpon season's my hay season, you know, and during hay season, you put up, you know, you put up hay when the sun shines and hay season's hay season. You got to put it all up when you can. And tarpon season's the same way for me, you know? And so I always tell people, this is everybody at home. I tell them it's my hay season, Yeah, you know? So, you know, um, May and June, I'm, I take off pretty much all of May and June from the fire department. I fish hard, you know, from May and June. And that's my hay season. And yeah. my wife, my wife has, she understands that as well. She sees that, um, the work ethic amongst my family, because we live there on the ranch and, and she sees that, you know, it's, it's, it's not a Monday through Friday, eight to five job. It's a, it's a Monday through Monday, you know, 24 hour job, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, somebody's ran through a fence, cows are out on the road or you're loading hay on a Sunday afternoon. I mean, it's always work to be done. So I think she's, she's came accustomed to that too. It's like, you know, you get after it, you work, mm-hmm. you know? And, 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 and so, yes, I would say that my work ethic is definitely came from the way that I was raised. Yeah. And that's something that, you know, you're talking about home is not necessarily the easiest place to come in as a guide, regardless of where your background is. There's just, it's a competitive place. It's a well-known, you know, highly established from a guiding standpoint place, an awesome guide association. And, you know, you said that Will came to you and wanted you to come in. Do you feel like it was because of that work ethic or humility or what do you think if you, let me frame it this way. If you were talking to somebody who is in, in at the very beginning, like what advice would you give to them to try to kind of get in good with other guides and to be starting on the right place? Um, yeah. So I would think that first of all, you know, you treat people the way you want to be treated. I firmly believe that, you know, um, as silly as yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, sir, no, sir. I would raise my kids that way. That's the way I was raised, but Mm -hmm. it's just respect, you know, have respect for people, treat people, treat people the way you want to be treated. That goes a long ways, you know, um, get the chip off your shoulder, you know, be nice. That, that goes a long ways. Um, and be humble, you know, if you can be humble and then add all those, those other two components, I think that's huge, you know? So, at the end of the day, this job is, it's a customer service based job. So if you treat people right and you're nice and you're fun to be around, you've got, you've got 80% of your day licked. You know, those people are happy. They're happy with you. They've had a good day just by the way that you treat people. We put them on fish. That's a bonus, you know? So that's just the icing on the cake. So, um, Kind of, I think there was two questions there, but I, th- I think that as far as for a new guy, that would be the best bit of advice that I could say. As far as why William, you know, sponsored me, I think it was because of that. William had never fished with me, you know, he hadn't, he's never he had seen me bring fish to the dock at that time, but it was, he'd never been on my boat. Hell, he didn't even know if I knew how to tie a knot, but I think it was the way that I was just respectful and treated people, you know, and. And that kind of, and I, I'm not speaking for him. This was in 2012, 10, 11, I don't know, 10 or 11. Um, but that's what I think. That's what I'm going to say. I'm going to mm-hmm. say it's the way that I treat people, you yeah. know, that's what, that's what I think, you know, I mean, and that's, you know, as a, as a parent now, um, <laughs> 
the most gratifying thing to me in the world is when somebody comes to me and says, man, your little boy is so polite. Yeah. You know, that, that means so much to me. You know, I'm like, that, that, that makes me smile. Yeah. You know, I'm like, yeah, uh, you know, thank you. You know, I, I love, I love to hear that. So I think that carries somebody a long ways, you know, just, just treat people the way that you want to be treated. And know? whether it's a guide association or it's somebody giving you a referral. Absolutely. People want to know that if somebody says, hey, you need to go with Stump, whether it's the guide association, whether it's some person at an office in Atlanta, yeah, you know, they want to know that when they get on the boat that you're going to treat them well, you're going to be respectful, that they're going to have a good time because you can't really promise the fish, you know, there's it, that's that's fishing. And obviously people want to know that you can put them on fish, but to have a good time on the boat and to feel respected is obviously right. an important part. And most of the people know that. I mean, if they... If they booked the trip with you as a referral, they didn't just book you because you're a nice guy. They booked you because their buddy referred you. Hey, go go with Stump. He's nice, and you're gonna catch fish. Obviously, that's what we all want to do every day is we want to catch fish. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I think that you know if you can show somebody a good time without catching fish and get them back, then you've done a pretty good job of it as far as being a person. Yeah, you know. And that's a good reputation to have, the reputation of treating Not people catching well. fish or... No, <laughs> treating people well. <laughs> that one's a low-pressure reputation, though. You yeah, know? yeah. So, but, uh, you know, another thing I know about you that I, I wanted to kind of pick your brain on is that, you know, you're still, you're, you're 35. Yep. And so you're still relatively new to guiding, and but you're a fast learner. And you talked about on the farm, you had to pick up different, you had to learn how to do fencing, you had to learn how to do i don't know farm things well yeah anything you name it fix it all name it and uh you know line dancing and (laughs) mending your overalls and all the things that i don't know but you know how could you give kind of your approach to trying to learn trying to get better uh, especially as a young guy who's trying to study and and pick up on tips um you know with my generation our generation and younger, I mean, we're, we're all pretty quick learners. I think, you know, it's just the way that, um, we're taught in schools. And, you know, I think that some of these younger guys probably can pick up quicker and better than me, but, um, I focus on patterns, you know, if, if this is what you're asking as far as like fishing mm-hmm. techniques, um, you know, try to pick up on patterns and, you know, um, times of the year, what are these fish doing and why? You know, um, it's funny because like my dad, and my uncle is always like, what's the moon? You know, when, where are we at on the moon? You know, and they, and the old, the older generation focuses on the moon so much, mm-hmm. you know, and I remember as a kid, you know, we wouldn't go certain weekends because the moon wasn't right. Yeah. You know, I'm like, what? Just, let's just go. Yeah. You know? And I was like, no, they won't, you know, my dad and my uncles wouldn't, they wouldn't even waste their time going if it wasn't right. And, um, you know, um, I feel like you fish anytime you can, you know, you just go and, and you, you take what you got. And I get guys that'll want to book their tarpon days for next year. And they're like, Hey, pick me this moon, pick me this moon. And I'm like, listen, dude, why don't you just come when you can, you know, and a lot to be said for that because, you know, there are instances that maybe, maybe our fish do leave on that moon or they don't leave on that moon or we get new fish on that moon. And it's a, it's a gamble. It's a crapshoot. But again, we're tarpon fishing. I mean, it's mm-hmm. all, <laughs> at the end of yeah. the day it's all it's all kind of a gamble but um i mean if it was super easy then you know we probably wouldn't be 
this much addicted to it. Do you have ways that you try to track all that? Like, do you just write it down in a notebook? Oh man, I, I've, I've, I was in my truck the other day and found a notebook, a notepad from 2011 or 12, where I was just writing stuff down and, you know, and it, and I do, I'll go through phases of mm-hmm. thinking that I'm going to, you know, track this and track that. And then the next year it's not even close. And then the next year it's not close. And then I found that thing the other day, you know, from seven or eight years ago and it was spot on to this yeah. year. And I'm like, okay. The notepad in the car. Or whatever <laughs> yeah. You yeah. In. yeah. So, I mean, you know, and then I also have, I mean, I, I kind of think I have a good memory too. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'll really start thinking back and I, and I start picturing people, you know, and it's funny, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about social media too, but you know, I go down and I was scrolling through the, um, the other day, looking through some of my social media posts and found one from a while back and it just you know just just ring a bell and made me it reminded me of a trip and i looked at the date on that i'm like oh okay yeah you know and i think these fish follow patterns and you know they do they do different things throughout the year and you know for our trout and red fishing i mean it's kind of nothing's cut and dry in this Mm -hmm. i mean if you think it is and you're a fool but um relatively speaking there there are some patterns to it you know this tarpon season for us this far has been a little bit out of the norm but Mm -hmm. you can't think that you've got to change your mindset if it is a little bit out of the norm then adapt to it you know Mm -hmm. adapt and overcome and um and make your changes and and think outside that box and get outside of your box and say hey they're not doing what i want them to do do what they want to do and, and adapt yeah. So you've always got to stay on your toes. And I think that back to what you're saying as far as the um, how you learn and how you pick up on these things is I think the biggest thing is really thinking outside that box, mm-hmm. you know, taking us, you know, stopping for a moment, thinking about it and saying, what what's different here? What's going on? Yeah. Get outside of your maybe maybe it is outside your comfort zone, but, you know, think outside the box. That makes perfect sense. So like if you, if you're just dead set on this is what's happening when this is happening and you think you got it figured out, there's obviously not as much desire to learn about it. So you're saying, try to get outside the box, think about things differently and open your mind up. Yeah. Now, do you find it more help? Like, what do you find to be the most helpful when you're learning? Let's just say that you're, you're going to start a new style of fishing. It's not redfish, it's not snook or trout or tarpon. And you're going to learn how to bill fish. And that's going to be the next big stump. Well, I got to right? get out of Homosassa. Yeah, you got to get out of Homosassa. <laughs> but like, what, what is it? Is it networking, trying to spend a lot of time one on, one-on-one with other guides? Is it um, reading? I mean, Yeah, what? I mean, I, you know, I feel, I feel like, man, you go into, you go into somebody else's backyard and those guys have got blood, sweat and tears and, um, and years and years and years of experience. You can't expect anybody to give you that. I don't want that. You know, I don't, I don't expect anybody to give me anything. I'm going to go out there and work and I'm going to get it myself. Right. Mm -hmm. And you're going to learn on your own. You might find, you might come across some people that help you out and give you some tips, but, um, at the end of the day, nobody's giving you all their secrets, you know, and I, I don't want them to like, there's some self gratification in going out there and figuring it out on your own, you know? Um, does it help when people help you? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, um, my, we have a, we have a house in in Maggie Valley, North Carolina. And that's like my, that's my place that I go to and just, and get rid of everything here, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, so after tarpon season every year, we go up there and stay up there for a week and, 
it's funny because I go in the fly shop there and the guys are like, Hey, what's up stump? You know, and some of them know me from yeah, just whatever from, you know, being up there. And then some of them, once they start talking to him, they realize, you know, oh, yeah, tarpon guide in home assassin. And I'm like, Hey, I'm going to book one of y'all. No, you're not booking us. Just, yeah. this is where you need to go. This is what you need to use. I'm like, no, you don't understand. I don't, you know, I don't, I need to just get rid of everything. Yeah, just yeah. freaking take me fishing. I don't yeah. want to, I don't want to have to figure this out, you know? And then some days, like sometimes I'm like, okay, so where do I go? Where yeah. do I park? And then I find myself getting in that rut again. I'm like, all right, you're going to, you're going to do this. And you're going to figure this out, you know? And I'm like, shit, man, I just wasted like three days you know, trying to, you know, trying to figure it in. It's a foreign language, you know? I mean, yeah. It's a whole, we, we did that this past year. Yeah. We you're throwing flies that you can't see, you know, I'm like, what is this? Yeah. You, you're trying to tie knots and you can't see things. <laughs> you're just kind of like going through the motions and so, the lines there. But yeah. I, dude, I mean, you know, I just, I feel like it, it it's hard, man. I mean, you want to help people out like me, mm-hmm. like I want to help people, but then it's also like, man, you know, you, you got you got to figure some of this yeah. out on your own too. And I'm always, I, I say this, but I'm I'm probably too nice of a person that I always still help people. Yeah. And um, because I'm humble enough to know that I've been helped. You know, people have helped me along my way my whole entire life from mm-hmm. a little kid. Um, but I've also learned a lot on my own too. Yeah. You know, there's a fine. I think there's a fine line between coming in and saying, "Hey, I'm trying to learn from you. I respect you," and then trying to take yes. without putting in the word right and i think that you know your your reputation and around people that i know is both mm-hmm. that you're willing to work and you're willing to learn yeah you know so you I, you don't want to be arrogant and hardworking. you want to be hardworking and humble and willing yes. to learn so you're going out you're starting your new bill fishing adventure and you're looking for patterns. You're looking. Well, the thing is, I know nothing about billfish, so. Well, that, that's that's why it makes the question <laughs> fun, though, because I'm trying to pick. I'm trying to pick your brain on how to how to learn something. All right, quickly. so I would I would I would probably try to focus on what they're eating. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, are we fly fishing for these guys? Uh, I mean, we might as well go big. Yeah, sure. So, we're, we're gonna match the hatch. <laughs> we're teasing them up. We're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna tease, tease them up, them and then up. we're gonna throw whatever yeah, fly. Yeah, and then I'm gonna the... put one in. I'm gonna put one in front of their face and I'm gonna hook them. Yeah. And we're gonna come tight. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. So I mean, yeah. Focus on when they're feeding, and um, I mean, and ultimately, that's um, you know, like talking with these tarpon. You know, I mean, yeah. we can throw fish at them. All, you know, we can throw flies at them all day long, and then and get re- t- just rejection after rejection after rejection after rejection, and then all of a sudden that light switch goes off and they eat. Um, you know, fish are like deer. I mean. You can be sitting in a tree stand and texting your buddy and, hey, deer are moving. Yeah, yeah, I'm seeing some too, you know. You know, you can drive around the pasture in the middle of the day and see cows laying down. I mean, these fish, I think that all of these animals feed on, you know, feed times. And and we, we, we're we going to try our best to feed them, you know, 10 hours a day. Mm-hmm. But in all reality, they don't eat all 10 hours, mm-hmm. you know. We like to, to think that we can create a reactionary strike, but, um, you know, focus on what they're eating. Mm-hmm. Um, when they're doing it, you know, I think fish do move on these patterns. So if you can follow those patterns or figure out a pattern on a feed time or what, you know, focus on what time of the tide that was, mm-hmm. um, if the tide was, you know, it was coming in, you know, it was almost at the top of that incoming or the bottom of that outgoing and, um, you know, really start trying to, to, to put some data to mm-hmm. reasons why you might not ever figure out why, but you might figure out that pattern of when they did feed. So. 
you know, replicate that the next day, you know, it's going to be an hour later. Sure. But still get there at that same time and, 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 and see if it does come true. You know, if it comes true and it's an hour later, then all right, cool. We just, we just might've gotten, might've taken us two days, but we might've just started establishing a pattern. And if we can establish that pattern, then we can then really start driving down on them. But it takes days to figure that out. I mean, sometimes we go out and we get lucky and we stop the boat and boom, we're in fish. You didn't create a pattern on those fish. You just drove up and just got in those fish. Creating a pattern is anything after a couple, you know, a few days. So guys that are, you know, honed in and, and, and you're on the water a lot, you, you start figuring out those patterns. But I think they follow patterns. And we've got to figure that pattern. And then once we figure that pattern, then we can do it. Um, and then figure out what they're eating, you know. I mean, when it comes to the tarpon game, fly fishing for tarpon, we're obviously – you know, we're throwing flies all day long, and guys are like, what are these fish eating in here? <laughs> it don't look like anything we're really throwing, you know, but yeah, oh, could replicate a crab, could replicate a shrimp, could replicate a, a bait fish, but at the end of the day, I mean, if you look around in our waters, I mean, you're not seeing really anything that they would be, I mean, you're, you're seeing lots of bait, and we have lots of crabs, but um, a little bit different, but when we start talking about redfish, you know, we start, you know, matching a pinfish, mm-hmm. or, you know, for us, you know, in our fishery. Um, shrimp, little crabs, and whatnot. Billfish, you'd have to start focusing on what what they're actually yeah. eating. You know, um, so that would be my biggest thing is I, I would start, I would create that pattern. Yeah, that's helpful. I'm big on that. Yeah, that's helpful. And then you you mentioned the social media piece. I just want to kind of move into that a little bit. But I think as somebody who's 35 years old, so you're you're kind of the middle child of guiding because there's no man. Guys. I'm still a young guy. So, so, you know, there's a lot of guys around my age, I'm 26 and then there's guys around common friend, Jimmy's age and Jimmy's age is a little bit of a mystery to me, but I'm, it's probably somewhere in the fifties. Maybe I'd be a little older. I don't know. know. But anyway, he's been, you know, guiding for a long time and, you know, and it seems like you're actually in a pretty good position to speak to the idea of social media. A lot of people have hinted on it and talked about it some on the podcast, but there's a love hate relationship that most people have with it. Uh, the younger generation tends to love it a lot and the older generation tends to hate it a lot. Right. And your generation tends to be kind of caught between the two. And I was curious, you know, you, you, you are active on social media, you know, to, to some extent, you have a pretty good following you're, and you're pretty active in the community of fly fishing. You guys do some tying nights at Florida cracker yep. training company. Yep. And, um, but I know it's something you wrestle with. Could you talk a little bit about some of your love, hate ups and downs around social media? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I like it and I hate it, just like you said. Um, it's became, you know, and, and I guess I can say this because this is, I, I do live, you know, I'm, I'm part of that generation. Mm-hmm. So I'm not talking crap about young guys because even though you're telling me that I'm old, I'm not old. No, I said you're middle. <laughs> you're middle age. No, I know, I know. But you're age so I, I guess I'm able, to, I'm, I'm able to say this because I'm not the old guy saying this about the young guys, but um, I see it from two different points of view. I mean, um, I, I looked at it for a while that, you know, it was a good marketing tool. Um, for a little while, I thought I thought that that would, is an answer for marketing. And um, as of lately, I, not as of lately, the last couple of years, I've, I've realized that it's, it's not a great marketing tool for me. 
Um, Could or you really elaborate on that? Yeah. So, I mean, you look at it and you're like, all right, well, if I can establish followers and, and I keep posting these pictures and, and I'm and I'm showing people that this is what I'm doing and I'm showing people this is what we're catching, um, it's going to create, you know, it's going to create um, interest in people mm-hmm. fishing with me, right? Um, I, I don't want to be... I'm not trying to really date myself. Let's just say 20 years ago for guys, it was, you know, taking an outdoor rider, you know, they, they would take an outdoor rider out and that rider would hopefully write a nice piece on them. And then, you know, everybody that used, when they used to, when they used to read magazines and newspapers, mm-hmm. they would read about this guide and then they would book their, that was their social media then. Right. Yeah. You know, everything up to 20 years ago. Um, and then, you know, the internet, you know, came along and then you know, people started getting websites, you know, and then you could add that to your mm-hmm. business card. And that was a great marketing tool. So people could go and actually look at your, you know, your cover, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, and read about you, you know, um, and then, and the websites, you know, they work, they work pretty good and, and, and websites probably still do work somewhat. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously I have a website, but I don't mark, I don't mark, I do no really no marketing. I don't pay yeah. for marketing. Um, I do have a website, so I guess technically I do pay for my website, but I don't pay for advertising on my website, and I don't pay for social media. Um, so I think the biggest benefit on social media these days and um, are those people that are helping you along the way, you know, i.e. sponsors, you know. You know, for them, I mean, if, um, you know, Sage, Fly Rods, or Hatch Reels, or Mercury, or any of my big sponsors, you know, for them, if I post a picture and I, and I tag them in it, you know, a couple thousand people get to see that, you know, so it's a great marketing tool for those companies and those companies help us a lot. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's what I can do to give back to them. That's what we all can do to give back to those people that are helping us. So that part is, that, that is the good side of social media, you know, um, as of before social media, then you'd have to go write, um, you have to go write an article or a fishing report or, you know, go talk at a show or, you know, do something like that. And, you know, you go, you drive all the way to, you know, Tampa or Ocala and you go, you go talk in a show and 20 people show up. You only reach 20 people, but I can, I can do a little story piece of me riding out in the morning for a Dawn patrol and, and tag Mercury Sage and Hatch and Smith and, you know, all these companies, Florida Cracker, everybody that's helping me out and bam, you know, it just mm-hmm. shows it just tags them, you know, it doesn't, you know, it just, it, it puts it out there. They know what you're doing and people see it and, you know, they're appreciative. And as I'm appreciative of everything they've done for me, um, the downfall to it is though, I think that, I think that people think that by posting these pictures, you know, my generation and younger are a look at me generation. They need, they need gratification. They need to be told that they're great. They need to be told that you're doing a good job and, you know, that's just the way it is. I mean, you know, and they need to be told fast. They need to be told right now. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're the they had the parents that you know encouraged them to go be in the talent show and sing, even though they, you know, they can't. And um, they need that. So they need that. You know, that look at me. And I don't think that it actually books trips. You know, I don't see where it actually books trips. I see where it just shows all your friends that you're that you're active and you're fishing. But does it really book trips? I don't think so. Um, a couple, I mean, okay, so you pick up a couple a year. Is a couple a year good compared to filling your books? This business, like I was saying, I was kind of t- started to touch on earlier, I, I still believe it's still old-fashioned to where referrals mm-hmm. 
you know, and word of mouth is your ultimate end game, yeah. you know, and then taking care of these people in this industry that are taking care of you, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, if my guys, you know, with Sage and, you know, these, you know, some of these people are, you know, Hey, you no, know, it's, it's a trickle down effect. You know, mm-hmm. that that's the very best thing that you can do in this business. It takes time. This isn't, this is not a business that you can just jump in and instantly mm-hmm. at the snap of a finger, be busy in, because if you do, and you don't have that experience, you can be a great fisherman. You can be an awesome fisherman, but you can be a shitty guide, you know, and you can be a great guide and a bad fisherman. But if you don't have both of those components, you you, you got to learn one or the other. You know, I mean, if you're good at one and you're bad at the other, you better learn the other one if you want to stay successful or be successful. So I think a lot of these guys are using social media as a platform where they think that they're they think that they're actually picking up clientele. But I don't really think that they are. Mm-hmm. But they don't have that it factor or that second component yet. So, bam, you just put out these pictures of the same fish that you caught, you know, two or three times in two or three different days, or you're using the same picture a couple weeks apart. Well, maybe the common person doesn't pick up on that, and they book you, and they go out and they fish with you, and then you're not able to replicate what you showed. mismanaged the expectation. You've mismanaged. Their expectations are too high. You've exposed yourself. And I know several guys that, even if they think it is about to be the most gangbuster day ever, they'll still say, you know, to their client when they're going out, man, I hope we have a good day today. I hope it's, you know, I no, think. No, you, you never know, say you, that. You, you can't ever yeah. go in there. You, yeah. Every day is going to be a good day. Today, yeah. Whether we catch them or not, we don't know. But it's going to be a good day. Yeah. We're, we're fishing. Yeah, we're so fishing, dude. That's what we always say. Managing expectation. And, and you're just talking about building a reputation. I think that ties a little bit back to what we talked about with having the reputation of being humble, being good with people. Um, and just giving people a good time so that that person goes out into the world and tells lots and lots of people about their experience for years and years to come, because how many people are going to come to an area and I don't care what type of guide you are, but let's say that I go on stumps, bill fishing adventures and, um, you know, and we go out and I catch my first billfish. You're going to post that photo one time, two, I don't know, four times. How many times am I going to tell that story? Right. Hundreds. Right. Hundreds of times. And right. and it's more credible in a world that we don't really it's always more, trust what we, we see. Absolutely. So social media, again, is ex- I, I, I keep using this term. Mm-hmm. I think it's exposing people to being fake. And is what happens, you know, my best thing for you is to go home and tell four of your buddies that Stumps the Man, and he's got an awesome billfish and charter out of, you know, Homosassa. It's just a really long yeah, boat ride. It's a long boat ride. So that's the, my best thing. I, I hope that you that you want to come back and you bring more people or you know, for your buddies come back. The reverse happens too on the bad side. So you come out here with these high expectations that we're gonna boat twelve billfish in a day on a fly rod out of my nineteen foot, you know, East Cape vantage. Um, and you realize that I'm one hundred percent fake. And we're fishing three foot of water all day long, and we didn't see any billfish. You go home and you tell those four guys, you're like, "Dude, that guy's a joke." So now you're you're exposing yourself in a negative way. Um, social media, it's funny because I got younger siblings. I love them to death, so I'm, I'm going to talk kind of talk a little smack about them. But it's funny that generation that's in high school right now, 
they don't talk with people. Mm-hmm. They're all over social media, you know, and they'll, you know, they Snapchat and they, you know, they're, they're all over the phones, but they don't actually communicate with people. Like kids aren't, they don't know how to communicate. So I think that social media is that platform where people can have this kind of like false um, persona persona where people, you know, they, they, they look like they're this hyped up person, but when they meet them in real life, they're not, they're safe behind that, that social media platform. And, and, and I use this and I, I, I'm saying this because I've been, I've been to shows where, you know, I've, I've, you know, follow some people from other States and different types of fishing and they got these huge social media back, you know, followings and they're huge in the industry. You get there, and I'm like, really? You, this guy doesn't talk at all. <laughs> like he's mm. a dud, mm. you know. Well, maybe he's really, maybe he's just really hung over that day. But I'm like, you're not a personable person at all. Like, you're not as cool as I thought you were. You yeah. Know? So I'm like, all right, well, it's fake. There's another fake. There's another fake in the industry, and there's tons of fakes in this industry, you know. And they, I love that term where people say fake it until you make it. But come on, man, you you got to be somewhat of a personable yeah. person. But Social media allows us to be fake and tying kind of back into what we were talking about earlier, man, a lot of blood, sweat and tears put into this business that you got to learn on your own. You know, um, I, I still, I'm still fishing spots that I remember fishing as a kid with my dad and my uncle and, and, and putting trout up in there and, you know, catching redfish and, you know, and, and I, and I say that, Hey, those are, you know, I remember when I was 16 years old and the very first time that my grandpa took, let me take his boat on my own and, you know, me and my brother loaded up in the boat and went down to Chaz and put on my grandma's suntan oil thinking it was sunscreen and had blood blisters on our feet because mm-hmm. we were so burnt at the end of the day. But we caught some trout, you know, did, doing it on your own. You know, you, you got to go do it on your own and you got to learn on your own. And and, you know, social media kind of gives you that a little bit more into my my gripes about social medias and you guys are showing pictures of i mean i fish here enough to know exactly where you are Mm -hmm. anybody that fishes here enough pretty much knows where you are you know you're not in a secret we think of homosassa is a big area and it is you know we got thirty six thousand acre national wildlife refuge and you know matched with the crystal river national wildlife refuge so you've got a lot of vast vast area but dude you're, you're fishing spots that we all know exactly where you are why why do you want to expose why do you want to expose where you're fishing you know, why, why do you want to do that? You know, why do you want to be posting a ton of pictures of tarpon during tarpon season? Are you really picking up tarpon clients, you know, with a month left of your tarpon season? No, you're just showing everybody that's within a 60 square mile rate or a 60 mile radius of the water that dude, we should load up and go fish. You know, I'm not being mean. Everybody should get out there and enjoy it. But on the flip side, you know, we got a, we got a precious fishery and, um, I hate to overexpose it too. So, you know, I think that trying to become famous or Instagram famous doesn't outweigh protecting your resource and protecting what you have because it'll come. Yeah. Like you're, if you're a good dude and you can fish, it's all going to come. Yeah. You know, just let it come. Let it come naturally. Hustle at it. Work hard at it. Yeah. You know, maybe it's not, you know, staying up and, you know, partying all night get up, get after it, you know, get your reputation out there, work on your bookings, get your people to come back next year, you know, show them a good time, get them to book your days for next year. Or, you know, at the, at the end of that season, you know, there, there is a, there's a hustle component of it. It's not as easy as just getting on your phone and, 
and posting a picture and you know a bunch of hashtags and then and then posting it. it just, it's not that easy. Yeah, there's and, more to it. And I think like to kind of try to keep tying it all together about what we've been talking about, some on the reputation piece, which I think that you're doing very well. well you thank know, you. Um, from from you know, not that I'm the expert on everybody's reputations, but you know, from what I've seen and what I know, I think you've done a great job of building a good reputation. And I think the, the moral isn't that you can't do social media. Well, the moral is one, when you're posting, if I post something on social media, that's me saying something about me and that can only go so far. Right. The guy back in the workplace saying something about you goes a lot further because of course you're going to post a flattering photo a good photo of a fish or in the days that you don't catch a fish you're not going to post a photo of you holding a a toy skunk right which is a tradition we're starting this year oh cool um but you know can you send one to me yeah a little toy skunk and you can you can post a photo every time you get skunk but it's you know it's that's the kind of nature of it is i think that you know if you get distracted from what really matters because when i'm on the boat with somebody that that that's what matters like you know I can when we're on the water together can you get on fish can you treat me well can you do what you need to do to make this a successful day a good day and the social media piece is happening out there right. it's not happening really on the water I think that as long as people don't get distracted you know I think there might be a good argument to be made for certain cities or certain fisheries or types of fishing with the social media piece being like a website, if somebody's visiting, yeah, um, dude, it's a platform. Yeah, and you got to use that platform wisely. I just, I'm not 100% following in with how it's being used or portrayed in some instances. Again, it's a platform. Yeah, and it is great for the companies that are all helping all of us out. You know, and that is one thing that we can do to give back. It does let people it does remind people that, Hey, you are fishing, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, the businesses that are helping us or the people that are fishing with you. And, and sometimes it does ring a bell with some of your repeat customers or clients. Mm-hmm. But again, those are people that you already established, you know, again, I mean, I can't count that many people that found me on, you know, Instagram somewhere because of whatever reason and calling like, Hey, I want to go put seven days in home of fly fishing for tarpon. It just doesn't happen that way. It happens because people, this is a niche business, and they're like, hey, I want to go catch tarpon on fly. And they're like, hey, you need to go, you need to go to Home Assassin. This is the guy you need to fish with. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that holds more. I, I, I do truly believe that that holds more. Yeah. Um, Home Assassin is a big kill fishery um, for trout and redfish. You know, I mean, little bit behind times as far as the rest of the state as far as you know truly catch and release and you know there's a saying uh, at the dock you know you're only as good as your last day at the dock um meaning what you brought in and and people judge that you know i mean they they want to see you know limits of trout and limits of redfish daily um the guys that are truly chasing that you know they're, they're posting a lot of photos every day of their killed you know their kills you know fish laid out on the dock like I'm totally against that. I just I think it's I think it's crazy. I think that that's just a that's just a brag board. Um, was I guilty of it at one time? Absolutely. Do I take a lot of pictures of people at the dock with their fish? Yeah, absolutely. They want that. They want that. I got in more so into the social media, not for the advertising side of things, but because of the photography thing. I'm I'm super big into photography before Instagram. Um, 
I've been taking photos for quite a while and not just fishing photos, you know, mm-hmm. landscape photos to sunset photos to, um, um, all kinds. I mean, you name it, I do it. I'm intrigued by it. I'm intrigued Weddings, by it. No, bar mitzvahs. I haven't really done any bar mitzvahs. <laughs> um, but you know, I've, I've, I've done a lot of photography and, and have some photos published yeah. and I've sold, you know, sold some photos and have some photos that are in different locations and, and it's a great tool to, you know, like I, I, I would rather take a picture of a lady with her first redfish with her excitement on her face and post that than I would the actual end of the day and what happened at the end of the day as far as, yeah, they got their limit of redfish plus they released a pile and then, you know, they got their limits of trout and, you know, or, you know, I do a lot of shore lunches here, which is an old school tradition in Homosassa that I'm as a younger guide and, and being more in that technical style, you know, Poland skiff have adapted and do a lot of shore lunches, which is totally out of the norm for anybody else here. A lot of guides that do shore lunches, but nobody in my mm-hmm. style of Poland skiff. Yeah, yeah. So I do a lot of shore lunches. Um, and that's a really cool, a really cool component to capture. You know, I love capturing those photos because at the end of the day, I mean, they can talk about going and getting their limits of trout and redfish, but, a year from now, they couldn't tell you how many that actually was. Yeah. But if they have a photo of that fish that they're actually holding in their office or at their house or, you know, hanging on the wall somewhere, they, they can cherish that moment because it's a, it's a reminder. There's, there's pros and cons to it. Mm-hmm. But, um, as far as the, the social media side for guides that are coming up, I just, I, I'm, I don't think that that's, that's not the answer. Yeah. You know, that's not the get, that's not their get rich quick theme. It just, it just won't work. Yeah. What, what would you tell them the answer is? Hard work. Get after it. You know, get out there, get on the water. You know, you, you've got to market yourself, but you, you need to be a good person first and work hard. You know, start picking up some clients. And then um, the biggest thing is to work on getting them back on your boat. You know, if you work hard for them, show them a good time. They're going to get back on your boat. Repeat customers are your biggest thing. You know, here we have, you know, we have scalloping, scalloping here. A lot of people come here and they travel from all over and scallop here. Our waters are crystal clear. And, um, it's a huge, huge bit. It's, it's huge business for this County. You know I mean? It fills up all the hotels. It fills up all the restaurants and fills up every guideboat that you can think of. And I mean, unfortunately we have people that are showing up out of the County to come here and guide now. And, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't think they're taking work from our guys, but I mean, technically they are. When I first started guiding, I had two boats. I had, well, I had a big Carolina skiff, which is kind of the standard for here, you know? And then, um, once, you know, I, I made a little bit of money, I was able to, to get my Maverick and, um, for fly fishing and stuff. So, um, William that helped me get in the guide association told me, he's like, Hey man, don't be ashamed. Run these scallop trips, you know, market this place, market it. Scalloping is the easiest, the easiest there is to get, to get people in your boat, get people in your boat, but then talk them into, you know, mm-hmm. booking a day to come back and fish. And I thought about that and I'm like, you know, that's right. You know, hustle, hustle this mate, you know? Mm-hmm. And I mean, pretty easy to market scallop trips around here and, 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 and pick up trips. And, you know, so you start you start meeting people and you start feeling out, well, these people ain't going to come back and fish. But this guy right here might. This husband and wife had a great time. They want to come back and fish. You know, and slowly but surely it takes time. But 
you know, it might not be necessarily exactly anything that you want to be doing right now, but dude, you gotta, you gotta pay your bills. My ultimate, you know, my ultimate game, you know, my ultimate goal in life is to do the best that I possibly can for my family, Yeah. you know, and I'm going to work my butt off to make sure that my, my family is taken care of. So, and, and, and so my, you know, my first year, my first two summers, I was, I was doing a lot of scallop trips, you know, and, and meeting people. And that's the biggest thing is meeting people, you know, go talk at some shows, find some fishing shows, some outdoor expos, you know, um, fishing clubs, you know, there's, there's get, get your, get your face out there, you know, be a likable person. Don't be afraid to talk, you know, and, um, it'll slowly but surely come. Another thing that you'd mentioned when you were talking that I'd like to just kind of pick your brain about as you continue to build your business and build your reputation. And you talked about, you know, there's a lot of people who are guides, but then you mentioned great guides. What do you think makes a great guide? Like, what are you trying to work towards as a guide? One being professional. I think professionals is huge. You know, I think, um, just their persona at the dock, the way they treat people, the way they treat that guy. And, you know, and I, I, every person, you know, well, not, well, I mean, every person, every person out there deserves to be treated fair, but the way that you treat the little people, you know, you can't, you can't, you can't walk around the dock and just think that you're a big shit because you're, you know, a top guide or whatever you want to think you are that guy that's wanting to talk to you or shake your hand and, you know, and just, he's not talking to you trying to get information. What if he was just telling you that he caught a bunch of fish the day before somewhere that, you know, was just trying to be nice to you. But think about this. I always think about this, that man that's fishing tomorrow morning, is putting his boat in at the same time that I'm going to be launching my boat in the morning. Like I might've worked 60 hours this week, you know, at his eight to five job Monday through Friday and you had to work overtime you know, whatever he's a lineman or he's a fireman or whatever it is, he's worked his ass off all all week long with one thought in his mind. And that was, man, I just can't wait for Saturday. I want to go get on the water. Don't treat that guy like he's a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. You're a piece of shit if you think that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Everybody's got a right. Everybody's got a right to be there. You don't know what that guy's went through all week. Maybe he needs that to distress. So treat people treat people the way that you want to be treated. Just be be cool. You know, and um. So I think that being professional, I think, is huge. Mm-hmm. Being polite, you know, treat those people like they're people, you know. That goes a long ways. You know, not saying look, like when I say look the part, I mean, I'm not talking like you got to be freaking completely, you know, Decked down in Sims and everything yeah. else. I'm just saying just just, just be clean, you know. Dress, dress like you mean it, like you care what you look like. Yeah. You know, maybe your boat should be clean, you know, just be, be professional. You know, there's, there's a lot said to that from appearance to hygiene to how you talk to people. And, and I'm a big, a big fan and a big proponent of being on time too. You know, I mean, we joke around and, um, about being late, but in all honesty, you know, be, be on time, you know, and answer people's phone calls. I'm bad about it. You know, on the water, I'm, you know, I, I tell I tell my clients every day. I'm like, hey, there's two two phone calls I'll take out here. It's my wife, and she's only she knows where I'm at. She knows what I'm doing. If she's calling me, there's probably something wrong. And then another guide that's probably that's on the water. You know, I'm not going to answer just a guide that I know sitting at home and just wants to talk. 
But if there's another guide on the water, I'm going to answer him, you know, just in case. What if he's having an issue or maybe maybe they got a medical emergency or the boat's broke mm-hmm. down, you know, or maybe they're calling to tell you they're in billfish. So yeah, always answer those guys. But, you know, there's no reason to be on your phone when you're on a paying charter, you know, um, unless it's those two things for me. You yeah. know, some guys, maybe they turn their phones off. Maybe some guys are Instagramming the whole time that they're on the, you know, on the boat. Yeah. Um but yeah, so I mean, I, I think that I think those are probably some of my bigger my bigger pet peeves or you know components of being treating people right. If if you could go back and restart at the beginning of when you started guiding, is there anything that you would do differently? Um. Mm, Bill fishing. Dude, I can't. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. That's a good place to be. I mean. Yeah, I mean, I think that um, I got I got lucky. With one or, without a doubt, I got lucky. Um, I fell into some right people. And and, and, and I'm, I'm humbled enough to say that I, I got lucky to fall into a good crowd of guys that's helped me out mm-hmm. a lot. So with that being said, I mean, I wouldn't trade that for the world. You know, um, I think that I was at the at the right age. I think I had had enough life lesson and and was mature enough to to be a prof- to be professional. Well, how old were you when you started? Um, Ish, twenty five. So, you know, I'd just gotten married. Um, I think that. I think it was a good time. I think, you know, I, I mean, I'm not a great example because I jumped straight into the fire service at a young age. That'll mature you up pretty quick. Um, real quick, you know, I mean, you go from high school to seeing things that, you know, you don't wish anybody to really see that matures you up pretty fast. So maybe I was a little bit more mature than most 25 year olds, but, and there's, there's plenty of 18 year olds that are, you know, plenty mature to do it. But I, I, I think that there's, that there's just, there's two, there's, there's more than two, but I just think there's two key components on being a good guide and being, you know, a successful guide. And I'm not successful enough yet, you know, I'm, and that's the way my mind works. And my mind's always like, I can be better and I'm going to do better. And I strive to be better every day. Um, but I think that there's still two things, you know, one, you got to be a little fishy, but you also got to, you got to know how to deal with people. And if you can't deal with people, it's just, it's not going to work. It might work for a little bit, but if you don't have that, those two components, it's just, you're pissing in the wind. And my, and, and again, that's my opinion, but yeah, you got to like, be able to get along. It's a, it's a leak. It's a leak in your books. If you're not being good with people, you get new people, they come. If you can't, you, you got to be able to adapt, you know, I mean, you got to be able to, you got, you got to find something, you got to find something in common with that person to be able to talk with them. And, you know, at the end of those eight hours, you know, some days you're like, shit, let's just get back to the dock. But in all honesty, I mean, you, you, you got to find something. If you can't find something to get along with this person, he's not, you know, and, and maybe, maybe you don't want him to come back. We all, we all have, you know, those, you have those days you're just like, all right, that's fine. We're not, we're not going to get along and this isn't going to work. But I don't want him going home and telling his four buddies that I suck, you know, so make the best out of it. Get him off your boat just mutual agreement that it's just not going to work. 
you know, and, and, and the majority, you know, I've been super fortunate that, um, I've gotten a, a pretty good set of books and, you know, these, most of my clients now, I'm, I'm, they're my buddies, you know, you know, tarpon season. I was like, heck yeah, man, I get it. You know, I, I got him coming in this week, you know, next week. And then, you know, and it's like, you know, we get together and you haven't seen those guys since last year and, and it's fun, you know, fight like, fight like brothers some days and holler and scream at each other, but we're drinking beers at night. So you got to find, you got to have both of those. You got to have both of those factors because if you don't, what are you going to do when those fish aren't eating, yeah. you know, and you do, you know, you're, you're working on that skunk, you know, that skunk can mentally really wreck your mind, especially as a guy. It's like, I would think it'd be like a, being a, a pitcher in baseball or, or a roper, you know, someone that it's a mental, mental game and you can easily start mind screwing yourself. So if you start doing that, you know, then that, that other component of being a good people person just starts going away. And if that starts going away, now your day is going to shit. You know, not only are we not catching fish, but now we've allowed that to cross over in that other component. And now my angler feels it. You know, if he starts feeling that negative vibe, I always tell everybody, like, oh, we got positive, positive vibes on this boat. Good mojo, you know. And if you start losing that positive vibe, then he feels it. If he feels it. Then, you know, you start feeling it more and it's just a downward spiral. Mm-hmm. It's like that toilet bowl just going down. So you got to have both. You got to have both. Yeah. You know. And, and reading the clients too, because I mean, a good day for me and what I'm excited about and what I'm raving about might be totally different from Absolutely. the next guy and just being able Absolutely. to read that. That, make, that, that. I think that's a good point and makes total sense too, just to, because you might be really frustrated because you know that it could have gone better because of X, Y, Z. Yep. But that might've been the best day of that guy's life. Absolutely. And you don't want to kind of crap all over it because it wasn't Absolutely. exactly what you wanted it to be. That makes, that makes perfect sense. Another thing, just kind of as we wrap up, that that I find interesting with you is, you know, so you work the farm. Is that the right, you call it farm or plantation, ranch? Yeah. Um, You know. A little bit. Not as much as my cousins do, but I do. I do fill in. I mean, obviously, I fish a lot. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I I mix it up. So I tell everybody I got seasons. I got my seasons. So. In March and April, um, uh, it's my my spring shore lunch season, trout and redfish, you know, and I do a lot of shore lunches that time of year. And, and then for my guys that don't care about, you know, shore lunches, you know, we'll sight fish, redfish, and, and our trout fishery here in Homosass is phenomenal, and our snook fishings became really good. And then um, and, and then it trickles into April a little bit, but towards the end of April, I start, you know, tarpon fishing, and then, you know, April, the end of April, May, and June, I'm pretty hardcore, and that's all I do. Um, take off from, you know, the fire department gig and, and, and focus on just tarpon fishing. And then <clears throat> July and August or July in the beginning of August is my family time because I, I'm gone for so long, you know, the two months before and it's totally removed, um, you know, from them, you know, physically and mentally sometimes, which they're troopers. My wife's amazing to put up with me during tarpon season because I'm sure if, Anybody listens to this that's tarpon guide, you know that you you totally get removed during this part of the year. But um, so July, I owe it to them to to get away. And that's what we talk about going to the mountains and just get just removing removing yourself from it, which is healthy, um, super healthy. And then um, August, you know, we got big schools of redfish that show up here in Homosassa. So I redfish in August and September, and then October and November is kind of my fall 
kind of shore lunch and trout and redfish trout start moving back in shore and it's pretty good and and I do you know I do all those all around kind of my fire department gig and that job's really 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 unique because I'm you know I'm, I'm able to fish throughout the week you know I'm basically fishing you know working there eight days a month and fishing the rest of the week you know and I and I've been lucky and fortunate to have a really good client you know list to where I'm able to to fish kind of the weekdays and and around what I want to fish and I've been fortunate for that and then um so I do that up until November uh, around Thanksgiving and then we have a working quail um, preserve on our on our place and I guide quail hunts there in um December January and February and then I start back trout fishing in, in March and and I kind of fell into that not no I don't mean it like that but I was fishing throughout the winter and when I first started building this, you know, my guide business and, and, you know, most, most of the, some of the family has gone off and done their own things. And then I got, um, two cousins that work on, on the ranch. That's the, the, the other side of the family, which has the quail preserve and, um, them, you know, they went off to college and they came back and they work at the ranch. And I always kind of envy them because I'm like, man, man, y'all got it licked. You know, you're just, you know, they're living there and, you know, it's, it's different, but, they live and work there and it's, it's awesome. You know, that's all they do. And my mindset was like, I, I'm going to, I'm going to go off. I'm going to do my own thing and, mm-hmm. and make my own thing and, and, and do it on my own. And, um, so Ben, my cousin, he, he started the quail preserve. Um, I don't know. I don't know how many years ago it was, but it just, it, it fell out to where he, one winter he was losing a guide and he needed some help. So we were at a, a family function and he's like, Hey, dude, I need, I need you to come help guide quail hunts. And I'm like, really? He's like, yeah. And I was like, well, you know, and at the time I had, you know, a few days booked, but not a lot, you know, mm-hmm. for, and this was during the summer and, you know, obviously quail seasons in the winter. I'm like, yeah, I'll come down and help out a little bit. And, you know, so that part of being diverse and, and doing different things opens up other doors too. So here you go. I'm, I'm, I took my, you know, got outside my box of just trying to be just solely a fishing guide. And now I'm guiding quail hunts. Well, I put you around a whole different class of people, you know, and different, different avenues and different people. And the next thing you know, I'm booking fishing trips out of the quail preserve and, and have made some phenomenal, great clients that are yeah. great, great friends. You know, they're not just clients they're friends they are good friends of mine. And, um, so it's kind of like, you know, just being a little diverse and being around a different group and different, different group of people you know it's it it helps so but it seems like there would be some (coughs) some overlap there between somebody who would want to go hunt quail and tarpon most most, they're all we're all sportsmen so there's that kind of practical like that's helpful but have you found there to be other helpful things from working multiple jobs and kind of having multiple things going on that that kind of build on each other like do you feel like being a, a quail guide has helped you not just oh absolutely so quail hunting um i mean it's probably one of the most dangerous things that you can do as a guide i mean you're walking around with loaded shotguns next to your head all the you know throughout the whole morning and um so yeah i mean there's a there's a there's a little bit of factor to it you know we're working we, we stride ourselves on our dog work and um and we put a lot of emphasis on on good quality dog work. So you've got some working parts there. Now we're a release operation, so we we release birds. So it's different than 
putting that boat in the morning, I mean, we take a risk every day of when we put that boat in the water, those fish are gone or, you know, something, you know, the wind's wrong or something happens and our fish aren't showing up in that pattern that we think that they're going to show up at. I mean, we have a pretty good opportunity that we're going to see some quail the next day, you know? So, so you're going into your hunt knowing that, all right, we're, you know, that part's over. I mean, if I could put tarpon and you go place them out in the mornings before we fish, that'd be fantastic, but it just doesn't work that way. It's coming. It's coming. Yeah. So we, you know, so in the quail hunting side of things, that, that component's kind of gone, right? I mean, there's still factors that can move birds around from hawks to coyotes to, I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot of things that can change that, but is what you can't change is you still got to learn how to be a guide, mm-hmm. you know, and you still got to show, show people a good time. So the quail hunting thing actually, I think it fine tunes you as a guide because they know, they know that you probably know where there's some birds at. The dogs are really doing the work. You know, I, I, and I would never say where I went, but I was a good client of mine took me to Georgia last year to a place that he likes to hunt. And I'm like, dude, is, this is the worst guide I've ever seen in my life. He doesn't talk. He doesn't speak, you know, like I had to make him talk, you know, and, and I'm the type of person that I like to talk. So if I'm around you and you don't want to talk, I'm going to, I'm going to make you uncomfortable until you yeah. start talking. And, and I'm thinking this guy's horrible. I mean, this is hands down one of the worst guides I've ever been around, you know, and, and then his dog work starts going to shit and now he's downward spiraling, you know, and it's like, he doesn't have that component. I mean, I feel like, and I think that's kind of a general, I, I think that's pretty general up there with that. And we, we down here, we, again, we are a pretty small operation. We can run four buggies, a hunt, and we have no lodging. We have a phenomenal cook that throws down probably some of the best food there is. A really, really cool um, atmosphere. Really nice layout. Hands down, probably some of the best dog work I've ever seen. And we have good flying birds, and it's pretty. It's a really pretty place. We're pretty much charging the same rates as Georgia is, and we don't have that whole lodging thing, but we're 100% booked. And we're booked in July, you know, so with no social media <laughs> mm-hmm. whatsoever. So it kind of throws like where I'm getting what I was kind yeah, of talking yeah. about the social media thing. It's like, we are totally opposite of what everybody thinks the social media would do for you. And we're, we're 100% successful without it. Um, but we stride ourselves on good dog work, but not only good dog work, good guides, you know, and my cousin's really, really, really good as far as figuring out people and matching them with that guy that they're going to get along with. That's a big key component in running any type of outfitter. You know, you, I mean, you need to try to match that person that's going to have somewhat, maybe just something. You know, if he finds out that that guy likes to, to hunt big game and, you know, out west, and he's going to match him with, you know, that person, one of our guides that might have done that before, just trying to pick up key things to make that guy have a good, good experience, you know, as a, you know, as, or opposite, you know, he goes out with that one dude that just doesn't talk or, you know, maybe, maybe that client's not a real talkative person. So maybe we need to send him with someone that's not talkative, you know? Yeah. But, um, so yeah, I mean, I think that you got to, or for, for me, for my, for the quail hunting thing, I think it's probably taught, I think it has helped me fine tune my, my guide skills as far as not, I mean, because we're taking out that it factor on the fishing part or the hunting part. I know that part's there, but now I gotta, I gotta entertain these people, you know, put on a show, give them a good time. 
treat them like they're cool people. Yeah. <laughs> you know what There's I mean? There's a they, lot of overlap. What, what, yeah. what, what would you say to somebody who is uh, like what I would call bivocational, but has multiple jobs or they're not just a, a one job type setup. a jack of all trade a and a master of, of nothing trades. yeah yes but but well i wouldn't necessarily say that <laughs> but uh you've you never know, heard that before i have heard that yeah. i just yeah. I, I just want to be clear i say i, I like that you a master no i like that but. because i always my my answer to that is um i'm a, a seasonal i don't i don't go from i wouldn't ne- i do not fish during quail season that's not right i wouldn't be on my game Everything I do in my life, I give a hundred and ten percent. Everything, but you break it into different. I break seasons. it up because it makes perfect sense. Yeah, because I'm going to give you. If you're getting on my boat, you're going to get the best. I'm going to be on a pattern of some sort. You know, I don't just wing anything. Mm-hmm. Maybe quail hunting. Yeah, <laughs> I might just no jump into that with Ben. Yeah. With Ben, but just to make him nervous. But um, and if he listens to this, he'll laugh at that because he knows what I'm talking about. But in all reality, like I and I tell people that you know, like part-time guides get bad reps, you know, there's a lot of, but there's, but there's also a lot of jealousy in the sport. So, um, it does, I would be, I would probably feel let down if a part-time guide was out fishing me and outworking me in days a year too, because maybe I need to look at myself and think that maybe I'm not doing a good job. Maybe I should figure out what the hell he's doing. Um, so I think that like, for me, you can say I'm a part-time guide. I fish more days than some full-time guides do and quail hunt. <laughs> And go to a fire gig, you know, and I'm a dad. So I give 110%, dude. Like everything I do, I'm, I'm all in. I mean, like I've, I've told Jimmy before, I'm like, hey, you might be better than me, but you won't outwork me. I'll freaking, I'll, <laughs> I'll push harder than anybody. But I think that when you're doing it, you've got to be, you got to be in it. Your mind's got to be in it and you got to push hard at it. You can't just go from one, in my opinion, you can't go from one, from one to the other. Now, I'm also fortunate that I have a cool job that allows me to fish you know, Mondays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays and Thursdays and Fridays and Saturdays and Sundays. It's not like I'm working an eight to five Monday through Friday and then just showing up there on the weekends. So that would be hard to do. If I had that type of part-time job or mm-hmm. full-time, whatever you want to call it, um, that would be, that would be hard because you, it would be hard to be in patterns there. You'd be relying on a lot of people to really help you if you did, you know, I mean, you know, an eight to five would be, that would be a hard, that would be hard to do, sure. you know, but the way that my scheduling is, it, it I mean, I, I'm on the water, you know, every other day. So, I mean, there's going to be one, one day out of three that, you know, that I might not be able to be there, but you know, every three weeks I got five days off. So, I mean, it ends up, I, I'm, I'm off more than I'm on, you know, and you know, so that, that's an advantage. So I, I'm not, I make fun of myself and I, I make those little comments about the jack of all trades and master of nothing because I can, you know, but I do, but I do have it a little bit different than most. Yeah. So and is there any advice that you would give to somebody who maybe is trying to figure out kind of a similar setup? Maybe they're not yeah. firefighting, but yeah. So, I mean, and there's some young guys that have came to me, which is cool and humbling. And, you know, that's really cool when guys come in advice and I, and I encourage everybody, you know, the fire service is a great job because one, you're giving back and you're actually doing something, you know, I get a lot of gratification out of that. Um, truly, I, I truly do, you know, and, and I work in, I've been in East Tampa for 14 years and, 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 I've worked my butt off. Um, and at the end of the day, I mean, some days you come home and you, and you feel good about what you've done, but it's also, there's a pension involved in that too. So you you got a retirement, you got something, you got something that you're working to in the long game 
I'm still able to do everything that I'm doing, you mm-hmm. know? So do I think that I, I don't, for young guys, I'm like, Hey, if you're young, I only tell certain people this, If I don't think they have that it factor. I'm not going to go tell them to do this because I don't think that they, they can do it. You know, I mean, not everybody, not everybody's cut out to do that much. You know, I work crazy hours, dude. I mean, <laughs> you probably won't find many people that'll show up here in the mornings and literally have gone, you know, 24 hours with no sleep, put their boat in the water and go bang out an eight hour day. Like I can, and I'll crash that night, but, um, I might have something wrong with me because I can go on no sleep and not everybody can do that. And not everybody wants to hustle that hard, but for a young guy that's getting after it and starting out, dude, if you're not a trust fund baby and you don't have parents that are frigging helping you, then dude, you can't just, you can't go jump in and buying a damn boat and then expecting that you're going to be busy overnight. It doesn't work that way. You know, do like a lot of other guys have done, whether they were firemen working at the bait shop, you know, I mean, there's jobs around here that are associated with the water that you can go do to help pay some bills until you get, you can make that transition until you can go full time. Dude, I've, I've been talking for the last six years or seven years about quitting the fire department and just going full time on this. And then I started thinking, I'm like, why, why would you, why? Like you're making this all work. Yeah. I'm, I feel like I'm still young. So it's not bothering me right now. Will it bother me later? Probably so. But I'm only got a few more years and I can retire. So, and I, and I probably will, you know, but, um, it's to me, it's like at the end of the day, our ultimate goal is to do the best that we can for our family as people and human beings and, 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 and be the, the best that we can be husbands and, and fathers. And and for me, I'm like, I'm going to hustle. I'm going to do everything I possibly can to do everything that I can for my, for my family. That's my ultimate goal. So I will bang out, you know, two jobs at a time. Now I've created my seasons like we were just talking about and, you know, and I'll, and I'll fish and hunt and, and do that throughout the year. And it's a revolving door. It's just a grind, you know? I mean, some guys put in 40 hours a week. That's cute, but I'm going to put in a lot more. Yeah, that's that's helpful. And is there any other kind of thing that you look at as a guide that you're wanting to accomplish the next few years? Just get better. Just get better. Just be better. Catch more fish. Catch more fish. people better. Yeah, man. I mean, I think that your books, your books should reflect on how you are as a person and a guide. And as long as they're progressively getting better or you're changing, you know, trading people, there's only 365 days in a year. We're going to lose a lot of them to weather. Um, but then there comes that time when your kids, you know, like you, you got a two and a half year old and you got one coming. I mean, there comes a certain point where, you know, a few years ago, man, my, my motor was, my foot was on the gas pedal. You know, I was, I was pushing as hard as I possibly could to be the, you know, I don't care about being famous. I just want to be the best. I don't, I don't care about being, I I don't care about being famous, but I damn sure don't want to be low boat. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like I want to put fish up, you know, and I want to catch fish and I want you to catch fish, you know, but, but now, you know, and my foot was on that gas pedal just hard. And, um, and it's funny how things start changing as your kids get older, you know, I'm like, I'm trading out, I'm trading out weekend days for money and to try to become super busy at whose expense I'm, I'm, I'm doing it at the expense of my, my son and my daughter. So, you know, and, and, and it, and it changes once your kids start to get into, you know, regular, like elementary school, you know, Landon, you know, is in going into second grade now. So 
you know, it's like, Hey man, I'm, I'm missing out on a lot of his life. You know, I was fishing a lot of Saturday and Sundays. Now I don't, I don't book Sundays unless it's during tarpon season. Um, but the rest of the year I don't work Sundays. Sundays are family days, you know? I mean, tarpon season, you, it's hay season and, and, you know, Anita's really good about it, but you know, it's a two month window. So I do book Sundays during tarpon season, but the rest of the year, those are our family days. Those are days that we're going to chill and we're going to spend time with each other. You know, I feel, feel horrible to come home and tell my son that I took a guy and his seven year old kid fishing, you know, when he's, he had to hang out with his mom and his sister all day that's bullshit, you know? And, and when you need to, and you've got bills to pay you, that's what you do, you know, and you work and you hustle, but if you're, if you're good, if, if you're doing well and you're busy enough, you got to make time for your family. I mean, that ultimately is, that's, that's number one. Mm-hmm. That's helpful, man. I like that mix. The idea of taking Sundays off mixed with the seasons. Like it seems like you have a pattern <laughs> to use the theme, but there's a pattern there. No, uh, I like if, it. if people do want to follow you, what's the best way to follow stump you? nation? There you go. Stump, stump nation. nation. So, um, for you guys that can't see me through this microphone, I'm five, five. So I got named stump when I was in like fifth grade when I stopped growing and everybody kept started growing. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So the whole, I've been, I mean, I've, everybody's called me stump my whole life. And, mm-hmm. and then just a couple of years ago, um, my buddy Blair that owns a Florida cracker trading company, we, we started stumps fly tying night. There's one of his tap mm-hmm. rooms in, in Brooksville. And it's actually, great success and great turnouts and it, it, it's been big and, mm-hmm. and it's big for our fishery, you know, in this area. I mean, it's really promoting fly fishing yeah. and, um, you know, and it's obviously my name's associated with it, but I invite guides from all over every month to be guest tires just to, just to help promote the fly fishing, you know, the sport in general. So, I mean, I've had guys from all over come over and, and, you know, and we, we give them a lot of social media recognition and, um, which they've got a big following and, um, you know, hopefully they can book some trips out of it and, and it's good. It's good for all of us. I, the way I look at it is it's, it's not all about me. I mean, if I can, if, if I can get, we just need, we need the fly fishing sport to be, you know, to keep climbing and getting better. So, um, it's just, um, it's something that I, I feel like I can do to kind of promote our area and, and promote everyone. If everyone's, everyone's fishing then that's a good thing so um good friend of mine dan climber here one day is like um just playing around he's said something about stump nation and uh, blair somehow overheard that so he took his hashtag stump nation thing and has kind of ran with it and mm-hmm. doing a little bit of branding and um and whatnot so instagram you can find me there at, um at stump underscore nation and then um Hashtag Stump Nation will um, actually go to a lot of my photos and stuff that I've taken over the internet and, and Facebook and Instagram as well. And then just Jonathan Hamilton. Uh, my business Facebook page is Home Assassin on the Fly. And my website's www.homeassassinonthefly.com. Mm-hmm. Offering bill fishing trips soon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Good. Thanks for coming on, man. Hey, buddy. Thanks for having me. It was fun. Hey guys, we really appreciate you taking the time to support this podcast. As we continue to grow, I cannot tell you how helpful it is for us to have you sharing the podcast and leaving positive reviews. So if you're enjoying the show, please continue to spread the word. Till next time, this is the Captain's Collective.
Hey guys, thanks for checking out the Captain's Collective podcast. Before we dive in, I just wanted to let you know about one of our sponsors, Nikon. Nikon is a trusted company when it comes to optics, and they make a wide range of products for the outdoors. From cameras to binoculars to hunting scopes, Nikon has earned a reputation for building great gear. What you might not know about Nikon is that Nikon engineers their products from the inside out and creates an optical system specific to the function of each product. And because Nikon is one of the few makers of optical glass, they have the unique advantage to specify the exact type of glass needed to optimize the performance of their product. For the water, I recommend the Ocean Pro series. They are powerful, fog resistant, feature a built-in compass display, and have a large exit pupil that makes holding steady in rough water easier. And like all Nikon products, they come with a lifetime guarantee. So make sure to check them out and give yourself the advantage. <laughs> 